Hi guys, welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Trisha Stefankiewicz, registered dietitian nutritionist. And today we are going to talk about sleep. And we're going to talk about how sleep hinders your health goals and can lead to overeating and just a slew of things when it comes to consequences of insufficient sleep. We've never really talked about sleep. And as we're nearing episode 90, I felt like we should talk about it as sleep is a cornerstone of of our health goals and, and to achieving whole health balance. So let's dive into sleep today. Before we start this episode, I want to remind you that I have a free Facebook community. The mission of the Facebook group is to empower you and to support you as you are making or continuing to make health changes. I know that it's so hard to be vulnerable with people, especially our loved ones, when it comes to successes and challenges that we're having when it comes to our health goals. And so the mission of this Facebook group is to support you as you make these health changes. It is a small group at this point. You would be one of the OG or founding members of the group. And I'd love to have you there to help me make the group what I envision of having this support amongst members. So head on over to Facebook at Whole Health Empowerment Project. Look for it there. And I can't wait to see you there. When it comes to achieving whole health balance, which is the goal of this podcast series and this podcast in general, sleep is a pillar of that goal. Sleep helps increase concentration and focus and overall helps increase our decision-making ability. And we're able to better perform tasks when we've had adequate sleep. I want you all to think back at a time when you haven't slept that great, right? Whether it be When you are partying in your 20s or maybe you were having kids, maybe that when you had a baby, for me, that's when I probably had the least amount of sleep, or maybe at a time in your life where you're not sleeping that great or your job is just so demanding and it's just taking everything out of you and you're working so hard that your sleep is something that is a consequence of that lack of sleep. And I want you to think about how you feel when you don't have adequate sleep, right? So you may feel irritable or have a difficult time concentrating or performing a new task and everything just feels very overwhelming. Maybe you find yourself getting sick a little bit more often, but that lack of sleep also can have a devastating impact on your health and the health journey that you want to go on. And so typically it's very difficult to keep your health goals a priority the more tired you become. And so no matter our best intentions, think of a time during this time when you when you wanted your health to be a priority, but it was just so hard to do because the sleep always always, you know, took a back seat and so then so too then did your health goals. So we're going to talk about today sleep. We're going to talk about how overeating is impacted in it. And we're just going to talk about health goals when it comes to sleep and what we can do about it. Because I believe that adequate sleep is truly a cornerstone to achieving your health goals. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about how much sleep we need, how sleep and overeating are connected, and what we can do to make it better. 
when we talk about adequate sleep, how much does the does an adult need really need when it comes to sleep? So research suggests that adequate sleep is considered to be anywhere from seven to nine hours of sleep at night. Of course, this varies according to individual, as some adults may need more sleep and others will require less. In general, when we talk about adequate sleep, we are, I think the research shows that adequate sleep is considered to be at least seven hours per sleep at night. And seven hours is kind of like the cornerstone, especially when it comes to decreasing chronic disease risk. Generally speaking, children require much more sleep than adults do. So if we require seven to nine, you'll infants are going to require somewhere between probably 14 and 16 or so on, depending on the infant. In adults, causes of inadequate sleep include things like longer work hours, you know, irregular bedtimes. I think this is a a big one where there is no real bedtime routine, or perhaps you're doing this thing, which I've done many times in the past and recently, in fact, where you may, or maybe you're so tired that you fall asleep on the couch and then you wake up in the middle of the night and then you find yourself on the couch and then you get up and maybe you're doing the dishes or maybe you go right to bed and then something happens in the middle of the night and you're up again. So maybe you are, you know, down in terms of sleeping for an adequate period of time, but perhaps that sleep may not be as restful and not of good quality because there's some interruptions during your sleep throughout the night. With the conveniences of modern technology, that may also be hindering your sleep and the amount of sleep that you're doing. You may be up at night watching TV. Perhaps you are playing on your smartphone or on your tablet or you have teenagers or a husband that likes to play video games, maybe that's one of the causes for you or your household causing inadequate sleep. And then lastly, some medical conditions can cause inadequate sleep, such as obstructive sleep apnea, where perhaps you're not having really good good quality sleep, or perhaps you're on some medications which cause you to wake up multiple times during the night and hinder you from achieving adequate sleep. So I was trying to figure out how many people actually achieve the desired goal of getting about seven to nine hours of sleep a night, because I know I am not one of them. I am not getting adequate sleep. Perhaps that's also why I wanted to talk about sleep. But when I went on the CDC website, it varies according to state. So the statistics that I could find was based on the state of Pennsylvania, which is where I live. So in Pennsylvania, according to the CDC from the most recent research was 2014, about 37% of Pennsylvanians report getting less than seven hours of sleep per night. And so that would mean that 63% of Pennsylvanians are getting adequate sleep. So I don't know where you fall in that category. I think for me, it varies according to season of my life and having sometimes where I'm getting more than that and sometimes I'm getting less than that. And perhaps that's where you are too. In general, what the CDC recognized was that it was more common to have shorter sleep, so less than seven hours, in the southeastern United States, which I don't think is probably a big surprise. And 
As per the CDC, short sleep is more common in the southeastern United States, and it was less common in the Great Plains and Appalachian Mountains who those individuals who lived there were able to get more sleep. So my suspicion is, is that if you're living in the Midwest or in the Great Plains states or the Appalachian Mountains, their research shows that you are probably an individual getting much more sleep. So when we talk about sleep, let's talk about how it impacts our health in terms of overeating. It's going to impact our health in many ways, but first I want to just start in talking about overeating because overeating in itself is going to be something that could impact your health goals, right? And we've spent this month talking about different kinds of eating. So one of the things that happens when you're in a sleep deficit is you may notice a disruption in your circadian rhythms, or you may notice that you're feeling more hungry and you might eat a little bit more. Does that sound familiar? Well, this is not uncommon because sleep and the process of sleeping helps regulate many hormones in your body. And two of the hormones that it helps regulate are leptin and ghrelin. And leptin and ghrelin, you may have heard before, are hormones that are really important when it comes to hunger and appetite. So if you're sleeping and having really good sleep, then those hormones will be regulated and you may not feel this like increased hunger. But if you're not sleeping, you will probably have some dysregulation in these hormones, which may lead to a feeling of increase in hunger. And what tends to happen is, is that, you know, it can make you feel like you're hungrier. So this dysregulation can lead to not only you feeling hungrier, but an increased desire to eat foods that tend to really help and satisfy that craving, such as things that are higher calorie and maybe higher in like processed and refined carb food. So I feel like if you've had a night where you're not eating that great, it's, I would say, you know, it's hard if you've had a night that you haven't slept that well, maybe it's going to be harder for you to eat the normal breakfast that you have of oatmeal. And perhaps maybe you're going to instead crave things like donuts, or maybe you may find yourself like kind of mindlessly eating throughout the day because you're tired. And so you're not able to tap into those like hunger and fullness cues because you, it's, it's just not a priority. You're tired and you're, and you're just trying to get through the day. So what does that look like in your life, especially when it comes to creating, what does insufficient sleep look like when it comes to your, your health goals, achieving them? Well, for someone who is awake most of the night or hasn't really slept, or, you know, perhaps normally you sleep seven hours a night, and then maybe there's a night when you're only getting four hours of sleep. Well, that's an extra three hours that you have that you're awake that then can lead to overeating. And you may be more likely to overeat because of this imbalance in your hormones, like we just talked about, your ghrelin and leptin, which could make you feel hungrier. This, you know, having this be something that's chronic or a season that this is chronic in your life, this may increase your risk of your miss for your risk for gaining weight or leading to obesity. In general, you know, I think it's very hard, no matter what your best intention is, to 
you know, to continue with your health goals if you're not getting adequate sleep because you have now all these things against you. You're tired. You're not making poor, you're not probably making really great decisions and you just are trying to get through the day. And so anything that's going to help you do that is going to be what is going to become desirable. And so during this time of sleep deprivation, what is what studies also show is that there is usually a decrease in physical activity, right? But that makes perfect sense because if you're tired, like it's very hard to get off the couch and do something. And so there tends to be this increase in TV watching and an increase in like this mindless stimulation because you know, just due to sheer exhaustion versus getting up and doing something physical. And so what further hinders this is that you also have this disruption in the stress hormones called cortisol, which you've heard about, right? So remember, sleep regulates hormones. So now you have a dysregulation in your your leptin and ghrelin, but now you also have this dysregulation in the stress hormone cortisol. And cortisol is something that we've all probably heard as it tends to sometimes be a buzzword that this is like your fight or flight hormone, but it's also impacted by a poor sleep cycle. So what we, what the research shows is that having a poor quality sleep or just insufficient and a sleep deficit can actually increase cortisol levels. And an increase in cortisol levels results in things like weight gain, obesity, fatigue, which we all know, right? Because you're feeling tired because you're not sleeping, and also an increased risk of chronic disease. So before we start talking about the chronic disease risk, let's also talk about what happens with overeating. So you know, you have this, it's this vicious cycle because A, you can have this overeating because you are having this craziness in your hormones so that you're feeling more hungry. You are maybe now awake enough or more time than you normally would, which may lead to more overeating. You are going to have this increase in, in stress cortisol, which can increase risk of disease and abdominal fat redistribution. But then also the process of overeating then can also lead to a lack of sleep. So it can be this vicious cycle of not getting enough sleep, overeating, then going back into the cycle and it continues on and on. And so overeating in itself can also be contributed to a lack of sleep because if you're too full, it's going to be very hard for you to sleep. It may also cause symptoms such as acid reflux, especially if you're overeating things that are really fatty and then you try to then go to sleep and you lay down immediately. You may have symptoms of acid reflux. Sleeping, overeating can also lead to a lack of sleep by increasing body temperature so that you're really hot and then it's difficult to sleep. And so your sleep may be really disruptive. There's a study, I'm not sure that any of you guys know it, but it's basically, it's the National Health and Nutrition Examination Survey. So it's called the NHANES study. And typically it's, it follows like nurses from 2013 to 2016. And it really looks at this, how sleep is, impacts this NHANES study. It's typically nurses took into account almost 8,000 nurses and they were disease-free, right? And they basically were the ages between 20 and 75 and there were men and women in this NHANES study. 
And so they asked them how much sleep that they that they got. And they would put them in the categories such as less than six hours of sleep, less than seven hours of sleep, less than eight hours of sleep, less than nine hours of sleep, and then more than nine hours of sleep. And basically what this study showed is when they followed these almost 8,000 participants was that people or the participants who slept less than six hours of sleep and the individuals who slept greater than nine hours of sleep were associated with were associated with a decrease in their cardiovascular health. And why that's important is it basically increased their risk of developing cardiovascular disease. So they know this by this research that they're is some kind of correlation between lack of sleep and disease risk development. And so it may, some of it may be related to some of these hormone dysregulations, but here are some of the health consequences of not obtaining or getting adequate sleep. So what we just talked about was cardiovascular disease risk. So one of the things that poor sleep is associated with is development of coronary artery disease, arrhythmias or irregular heartbeats, hypertension or high blood pressure. There was also an increased risk of obesity. And I know that that was probably something that we just talked about when it comes to the hormones, an increase in abdominal circumference, and that could be related to obesity and possible and possibly due to the increase in cortisol levels that is happening with insufficient sleep. You or people with lack of sleep are also at risk for type 2 diabetes. So this is diabetes that is not something that's autoimmune. It tends to be something that is related to lifestyle. And so lack of sleep also is increases that risk of developing impaired immune function. So people who don't sleep enough may have may be at risk for getting sick. And I'm sure that you have all had that when you have periods of time where perhaps you didn't sleep as much as you normally do. And then overeating in itself can lead to weight gain and result in if your weight is too much, some people who are overweight or obese can develop sleep apnea. So it's the more overweight or obese you are, you may be more at risk for developing sleep apnea. So now that you've heard how much sleep you need, we've talked a little bit about the hormones that take place during sleeping, and we've talked about some of the chronic diseases, what are some of the things that we can do to make sleeping more of a possibility for all of us, no matter how crazy and difficult life can feel? Well, like anything, it's going to require a little bit of work, maybe upfront, and then get a little bit easier as we do it. But like any change, it just takes, you know, it just takes doing it over and over again before it becomes a little bit more routine for your lifestyle. So some of the things that I was thinking of that could, that we can do about it would be to establish a comfortable sleep environment. And that could be having a dark room or having a cold temperature or having minimal noise. Now that's very difficult in my household as I usually have a child in bed with me at some point during the night. But what I know that I can probably turn off the light in the hallway and turn off the light in the bathroom so that it is a little bit darker in my room. So how can you establish a comfortable sleeping environment in your room? Having a consistent nighttime routine is the number two thing that we can do about this. So this can include any routine that you do. So 
what I would say is to add on to a routine that you're already doing and kind of go from there. And that would be something like if you are already in there washing your face and brushing your teeth and taking off your makeup, maybe then you put on your PJs and you set a timer so that you're in bed by like a certain time. Another way is to establish some kind of wind down routine. So that could be reading a book or journaling or meditating or stretching. It could be any practice that helps you relax and just to start to get you into a sleep mindset. It could be going for a bath. It could be anything. It's just whatever works for you to start winding your day down and calming your brain. Another thing is setting a schedule to wake up and go to bed at the same time each day. So having a really consistent time at bedtime and then waking up at kind of around the same time. So it's disruptive if you are, you know, going to bed really early one night and then really late another night. So what may work better is to have a little bit more of a consistent go to bedtime and wake up time. And another thing is that people who exercise tend to have a little bit more sleep, but to not exercise too close to bed that it hinders your sleep cycle or it disrupts you from going to bed. Avoiding anything, and this is probably a really big one for all of us, avoiding any sleep cycle disruptors in the evenings, such as caffeine or alcohol or nicotine. But I would also say in this would be to put away all electronics at least an hour before you go to bed. I mean, I don't know about you, but it's very hard I find myself sometimes just laying in bed on my phone and it's very hard to go to sleep when I have that light, you know, I have the blue light in my face or I have the light from the screen of my iPhone. But then not only that, if I'm on social media, my brain is just going and it's very hard to relax it. So, you know, I would say put all that stuff away. Don't have a TV in your room. Don't have a computer in your room. Just try to keep everything away. And even your your phone, if you use it as an alarm as I do, just kind of put it a little bit away from you or just have a time that you're done, that you're not going to check your phone and that you are going to put it away. And then my last thought would be to eat at least a few hours before bedtime. So maybe two to three hours before bedtime. Some people may need longer than that. And there may be some meals that make you feel fuller that you may need a little bit more time. Typically, fat is digested a little bit longer. So if you're eating a really high fat, greasy meal, you may feel like you need a little bit more time to digest that meal before you lay down. Because again, you don't want to get into a place that you haven't digested it and then you go to lay down and then you're super uncomfortable because you're too full or maybe you're having acid reflux symptoms. So these are some of the strategies that we can work on and that I tend to, I plan to work on in order to try to get adequate sleep, which is considered at least seven hours per night. So like any change, it's getting enough and adequate sleep is is hard and it probably will require some effort on your part, especially in the beginning. It's important to develop and practice these skills because trying to get adequate sleep is a part of self-care and it's, it's as important to your health, I would say, as eating healthy and exercising. And so 
it might be something that it's not something that you've practiced. So like any routine, you're going to have to, you may have to kind of start to practice it and, and get stronger at it and navigate any unforeseen or any challenges that may come up. Um, and any change that you're doing any change that you're that you're making requires a small consistent change practiced repeatedly so that you can achieve that goal over time and that it gets you to the bigger goal that you want and so if healthy and having some kind of whole health balance is a goal for you then sleep is something that will become essentially in order for you to do that so it's not about being perfect and having perfect sleep and to have perfect sleep every night. It's about being 1% better. It's not about being perfect and having the perfect night of, night of sleep every single day, but it's about being or getting 1% better with your sleep hygiene schedule each day. So I encourage you to start looking to see how much sleep you're getting. And if you are one of, if you are the 63% of like Pennsylvanians who are getting adequate sleep, good for you. I want to be like you and I will be like you one of these days soon. And if you're like me and get less than that, then let's start working on that as it is really important when it comes to achieving whole health balance. So I appreciate you all listening today and I will see you back here next week. Be kind to yourself and have a great day. If you found value in this podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. Being a busy woman or mom doesn't mean that we have to give up on our health, wellness, or self-care. Together, we can take tiny imperfect steps towards creating the whole health we desire and deserve. You can find us at wholehealthempower.com or on Instagram at Whole Health Empower. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next week.